stand up. I want you to repeat after me. Say, this is God's word. Not Pastor Evans' word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I will be what it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, Father, we thank you for this time that we have to fellowship around your word. We thank you that your word is life-giving. Father, we thank you that your word has power. It is able to divide asunder between soul and spirit, joint and marrow. And it is a discerner of the thoughts and even the intents of our heart. As we gathered this morning around your word, we thank you for the Holy Spirit who is our guide and who is our teacher. As we submit to him, we pray in Jesus' name that he will use our lips. He will take, Father, the thoughts that we've had through prayer, through meditation, and through study. That, Father, those times of impartation will surface even as we minister. And we pray most of all that the anointing of the Holy Spirit will guide and govern this this, uh, uh, meeting this morning. And we thank you that every believer and every person under the sound of our voice, their lives will be deeply impacted by what's been said. And we thank you that faith will come as a result of hearing your word. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I want you to touch your neighbor and say, neighbor. I'm expecting a year of favor. Amen. Word of Truth Family Church is expecting 2010 to be a year of favor for who? Favor for the faithful. And because favor can come from God and come from man, this morning we're going to look at one major force that attracts favor into our lives, and that is being positive. So our message this morning is entitled, Positivity, the Magnet to Favor. Positivity, the Magnet to Favor. Say this with me. Say, Positivity, Positivity. the Magnet to Favor. Now, many believers today are just as negative as unbelievers. It is amazing to me that if you will have a regular conversation with the average Christian Their conversation sounds just as worse as those who are non-Christians. Can somebody say amen to that? People say things like, and I'll ask people, I'll say, how are you doing? And this is what they'll say. Oh, I'm not doing too bad. Well, that sounds good, doesn't it? That's not good. What you're saying is I'm bad, but I'm not too bad. How many have caught themselves doing that before? You know why? Because our world is in a negative cycle. And one of the things that we must begin to do as believers is to be positive. Say, be positive. positive. Now, we know that we've defined favor as the granting of what what we desire, what is inspired, and what is required by us to make our life better and for us to be a blessing. So this morning, what I want to do is help us see 
that being positive is a force that will help favor come into our lives. And I want to start with an example. First, let me give you a definition of what the word positive means. It means to be sure of, to be confident in, and to think the best regardless of what is before you. I'm going to say that definition again. Positive means to be sure of, to be confident in, and to think the best of regardless of what is before you. Here's a good example of why we should be positive because being positive will attract favor in your life. Let's pretend that you will believe in God as an entrepreneur for some extra capital in your, in, for your business. And, and, and the only way you could expand your business is for someone, uh, some bank or some individual, some investor to come and invest additional monies as capital into your business. And let's say that's what you're asking God for. And let's say you and I are just having a casual conversation and I didn't know you. And uh, I ask you, what do you do? And you say, I'm a, I'm a business owner. And I say, well, how's business? Oh, I tell you, things are tough. I'm just being challenged right now. I don't know what I'm going to do. You know, the economy is hitting my business bad. Listen, you talking like that, if I had the money, I wouldn't give it to you. Because you being negative does not attract favor. However, if I had that same conversation with someone and this is what they said, my business is booming so much, I need additional capital just to keep up with the growth. I have so many people that I need to hire. My business is booming. As a matter of fact, I'm 25% over where I was last year. In other words, we're in the same company, the same business, and here it is, what I said was different. Because it's the outlook of the person that determines if the, if the favor would come. So I want you to turn your Bibles quickly to the book of Romans chapter 4. You're probably going, is this going to be a positive self-esteem kind of message? And the question or the answer is yes. Because so many Christians are negative. And you know what's sad? We don't even know we're negative. Amen. Romans chapter 4, look in verse 17. Here's the point I want you to write down this morning as our first point. God is a positive God. Say this with me. Say God is a positive God. He's a positive God. God never views things as they are. He always views them from how they should be or the potential of the thing. When God looks at us, he does not see us. He sees our potential. He sees uh, the finished work of Christ. He sees our abilities. He doesn't see our weaknesses. Uh, most people think he does, but he knows we have them. But he's really looking at the positive part of us. In Romans chapter 4, verse 17, listen to what it says. It says, as it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. He's talking about Abraham. Before him who he believed. Even God who quickens the dead. is talking about God. God quickens the dead. And God calls those things which be not as though they were. Now, if that's not a positive God, I don't know what is. In other words, the Bible is telling us right there that God doesn't look at something and calls it what it is. He calls those things that are not as though it was. Now, let me give you an example of that. Go over to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis 1. And you can jump in anytime this morning, uh, uh, babe, anytime you want to. Genesis chapter 1. Let me give you an example of what he just meant. He said... 
that God called those things that be not as though they were. In other words, when God sees the situation, he doesn't say what he sees. He says what he desires to have. Now, in Genesis chapter 1, here's a great example of that. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and earth. Now, let's look at what condition the earth was in. Verse 2. And the earth was without what, class? It was without form. And what was on the face of the, uh, of the earth? Darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the water. So, I want you to see before we read verse 3, that darkness was covering the earth. Now... If God was a negative God, what he would have said is what he saw. Man, it's so dark, I don't know what I'm going to do. But the next verse, in verse 3, it says, And God said, Let there be light. So God called those things that were not as though it was. In other words, he didn't look at the darkness and say, Whoa, it's dark out here. He didn't even say, Boy, I'd like for it to be light. He said, Let there be light. Light. And that's where we have to start as believers. We have to be positive. Stop talking about what you're seeing and talk about what you want to see. And that's how God operates. He looks at the situation and instead of looking at himself unemployed, he sees himself employed. See, there's a difference between calling those things that be not as though they were and lying. You say, well, what is so different? Okay, okay, here it is. Here it is. Now. There is a difference between fact and truth. Facts are what people tell us. The fact may be that you have sugar diabetes. Or the fact may be that you have the flu. Those are facts. But truth should always override fact. Truth says by Jesus' stripes we were healed. That means healing was already released when Jesus died. Okay, so now... I'm not lying if I say, if someone says, boy, you sure seem sick. They say, how are you doing? I'm healed in Jesus' name. Now, am I lying? No, No, I'm speaking the truth. And eventually, watch this now, whatever condition my body is in, it has to line up with what I'm saying because what I'm saying lines up with God's word. But God cannot come in cooperation with me. The angels of God cannot work on my behalf if I'm saying what I'm saying. Now, one of the things is that the Bible says in Proverbs that we are sneered by the words of our mouth. We're sneered by the words of the mouth. And so, one, uh, heaven, if you've been seeing her, she's hopping around here in a cast. And the cast goes from her hip to her foot. Mm-hmm. So she had fractured her knee two years ago. And we didn't really, you know, pay attention to it. We just thought, you know, she was just making up stuff. So, because she's prone to doing that. I don't know where she gets that from. I Hello. don't know. I have no clue. Anyway. But uh, she had some bone floating around in there. And she's like, Mommy, my knee hurts. And I'm like, just suck it up. Stop whining. You know, what's wrong with you? You know, you play soccer. That's what you get. Come on. Keep going. The girl's knee's fractured. <laughs> She chipped her kneecap. <laughs> she chipped the kneecap. And so there's some bone floating around in there. So they put a cast on her. But heaven would go around the house prior to this, acting like she had a broken arm, acting like something, you know, she'd always be like this. You know, she does do this kind of stuff, you know. And so now that she has a cast on, she's like, it itches. I want it off. No, no, no. But see, we said you're sneered by the words of your mouth because you kept playing around mm-hmm. saying how, oh, my arm is broke. Oh, this. And I said, please do not wonder what it's like to be in a wheelchair. Just, just don't even go there. 
you know. But one of the things I was, um, notice when you said, Pastor, that God is a positive God. Let's put it in practicality when we deal with our husbands and wives and our kids. We are so prone to finding what's wrong yeah. right. and not what's right. Right. One of the things I try to do, like, for example, um, you know, Pastor Chess kids are my niece and nephew. When I, they were at prayer on Friday. And I went up to uh, Joshua. I didn't get to see Amanda. And I said, you know what? You did so good. I didn't hear you at all at prayer. You are a good example. You behaved yourself. I didn't try to find what he was doing wrong. I tried to find what he was doing right. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, Heaven went to a birthday party. She was walking out. She said to the, the parent, thank you so much for inviting me. I said, Heaven, I noticed that you said thank you. Nobody had to prompt you to do it. But what if you weren't looking for the right I could have said, heaven, you know what? You said, thank you, but you didn't say it like this. You should have said, thank you so much for it. You just said, thank you. What we do with our husbands and wives, we do the same thing. What we do is, um, we don't see that they wash the dishes. We just see that they left the stuff on the floor. Right. We don't see that they got somebody to mow the lawn and we didn't have to do it this week. We just see the fact that, you know what? I don't have enough grocery money. Boy, I, n- I never get to do this. I never get to do that. But you don't see what they are doing. Mm-hmm. And so God is a God of positivity. And if we will begin to speak on the positive stuff that we are seeing, you'll get more positive behavior from those that you want a positive behavior from. Can you imagine that every time you're in the company of somebody, they're telling you what you're doing right? What you're doing great. You, don't, you just always want to do good stuff. But if every time you're in their company, it's what you're not doing, why you never did this and what's going on. And you know, they always have a complaint. You kind of start moving away because we're designed to move away from pain. Right. And that creates pain in our life. Right. So if God is a God of positivity and he's always speaking what he wants, then go ahead and speak what you want. You know, I, when, when babe uh, washes the dishes, man, you are, babe, you know, I, I, I just know you're just the best dishwasher. I am so glad that Best God is... Now, that still don't motivate me to want right. to wash them, but at least she said. Right. God, I just know that you're going to do this more than often, you know, I, because he just hates doing that kind of stuff. But it's... I, I, what I'm trying to say to you is make sure that instead of we saying what's happening, there's more good that's happening than bad. Right. Okay? In every relationship, there's more good that's going on than there's bad. And we have the tendency just to see what's not happening versus all the stuff that's happening. And then you think in your mind, well, I'm trading this one in and get No, that don't work. That don't work. You know what I no. mean? Just work with the one you got. Go love ahead and one start with. You got to love your one you're with. Y'all don't remember that? No, no. See, we're a young church. How many know what I'm talking about? Okay, then. But it's not the majority. That's you see right. that? That's How many right. didn't know? See, that's right. You're so my what? age group. You're my age group. You're my age you group. You need to know. You're my age no, group. Pray for you. I'm just messing with you. Okay. Amen. I want you to write this down. The difference between being positive versus negative is our perception. Yes, ma'am. I'm going to say that again. The difference between being positive versus being negative is our perception. Turn to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. Perception is our understanding or our view of something. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6. The difference between positive versus negative is our perception. Perception is our understanding or our view of something. In Ephesians chapter 2, look in verse 6. Now, it's talking about Christ. I'm going to actually start in verse 4. It says, But God, who is rich in mercy, 
For his great love, whereas he has loved us, even when we were dead in sins, has quickened us together with Christ. By grace you are saved. Verse 6. And he has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places. In who? In Christ Jesus. Where are we sitting? We are sitting in heavenly places. Now, that means now my viewpoint or my perception in life ought to be I'm looking down on my problems, not looking up at my problems. In fact, my perception should be greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. I can do all things through Christ who what? Now, that should be my perception, and that's my perception because of where God has seated me. Now, go to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1, I'm going to look in verse 19. Watch this now, and you can write this down if you want to. Because now we have a new position, because we've been seated together in heavenly places, our new position puts us above our problems and not beneath our problems. Watch this now, Ephesians chapter 1, look in verse 19. It says, and let's look in verse 18. It says, now the eyes of our understanding be enlightened that we may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of his glory of his inheritance in the saints. Verse 19. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe, watch this now, according to the working of his mighty power. Verse 20. Which he wrought in Christ when he raised Christ from the dead. Watch this. And set him at his own right hand in heavenly places now watch this where jesus is seated is where we seated look at the next verse we are seated far above say far above above. say it again he didn't just say we are seated above we are seated far above the devil shouldn't be close to you notice he says we're seated far above all principalities how much principality All principalities and all what? Power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. In other words, because we've been seated together in Christ, we should be far above our problems. And that only happens if our perception is correct. And when our perception is correct, then we can be positive. Someone say amen. Perception is like these pair of glasses right here. When you put them on, you all kind of look orangish, reddish, goldish. There's some disco glasses right here. But when I take them off, I can see everybody's colors properly. But in here, you all have a tint. God is saying some of you need to take off your shades. Mm Mm-hmm. That when you have on a wrong perception, you will filter. What, what, what perception is, is what you believe. It's also a filter. You filter your life through what your emotions are. You filter your life through your experience. You filter your life through influential others. And that's perception. But when you're dealing with truth, you want to get now into the truth of God's word so that you can set your perception in order or in line with God's word. Yes. For example, your perception is, you know what? Everybody in my family is overweight. I'm just big boned. We just all have to be like that. That's your perception because you think it's something that's generationally passed down. The truth of God's word, because it says I can do all things through Christ who helps strengthens me. And the temple is about um, your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. Then you have a choice to eat differently. Yes. 
Yes. You have a choice to exercise. Yes. You have a choice to do different things and not necessarily continue that. So the truth of God's word must be masked against your perception and you have to choose that you're going to take off these shades and take off what you've been doing and what you're used to doing and decide that you're going to let your perception line up with the truth. Now, write this down. We have the power to control our perception. Right. Go to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. We have the power to control our perception. In other words, I have the power to determine to see things right or to see them wrong. You know, most people who are negative, they think that everybody else is negative. You know, when you talk to them, everybody don't like me. Everybody hates on me. Uh, Nobody treats me good. Well, maybe that's your perception. Now, in Colossians chapter 3, look in verse 1. It says, if you then be risen with Christ, remember, we're seated together in heavenly places far above our principalities. If we've been risen with Christ, watch what he tells us to do. Seek those things which are above. Where Christ sits on the right hand of God. Here's the control that we have, verse 2. Then he says, set your affections on things above. And not on things on the earth. He's telling us to set our affection. That word set your affection literally means to exercise the mind. He's saying we need to exercise our mind on things above. In other words, he's saying let the word dominate your thinking. When the word of God dominates your thinking, it doesn't matter what's going on in your life. The word is what's going to govern your life. You know, there was a situation in the Bible where Jesus, he was getting ready to feed some multitude. And he asked his disciples, he said, what do y'all have to give these people? And they looked at him and they said, listen, all we have is a few fish and some, some, some bread. But what is this among so many? And the Bible says, Jesus said this. He already knew what he was going to do. He was just testing them. Let me say this to you. When your perception is correct, God already knows what he's going to do. So why should you sit up all night worrying about it if he already is going to fix it? And see, when you have a proper perception about God and truth, then now you allow that to govern your life. So when bad news comes, bad news is never bad news because if your perception is correct, guess what? Nothing bad really happens because all things work together for my good. So it don't matter if my husband or my wife left me. That's going to eventually work together for my good. Now, I'm not telling you to just walk out. I'm saying to you that we seem like we are in prison to negative things that's happened to us. When God is saying, if you correct your perception, it's going to work together. Amen. I do like the story you just talked about because the five loaves and two fish. Jesus asked them, what do you have? And they said, the five loaves and the two fish. That was the answer right there. But no, they had to continue. What is that so among many? So they were being negative. Right. He didn't ask them all of that. He just said, well, give me the facts. I'll take, right, because I already have an answer for the facts. But they were saying, I don't know what he's going to do with this. Oh, it's bigger than, you know, it's bigger than this. There's no way this can feed this multitude. But Jesus already knew he had the power to solve the problem. See, this is, this is how people who are negative, this is what they sound like. Mm. Even in their testimony, they're negative. Let's say God, God blessed them with some, yes. uh, some money down. or God blessed them out of a situation and they're talking to you and you wouldn't know it because this is what it sounds like. In fact, they emphasize the negative and de-emphasize the positive. Right. Here it is. Girl, 
I've been walking through the valley of the shadow of death. I've been what, girl? I've been walking through that valley for the last ten years. Woo! But God came through for me. Now, which one had more emphasis? The valley. Now, see if you want. Listen, this is what she really should have been saying. I was walking through the valley of shadow of death. I fear no evil because God was with me the whole way. And because he was with me, he brought me through. He brought me out. He brought me up. You see the difference? And so what we got to do, we got to be careful of what we're emphasizing in the name of being a Christian. Like like I've heard this one. Oh, can't wait for 2010 because 2009, boy, it was the hardest year ever. But God's faithful. Right. He is. Watch this. Uh, I heard God gave you $20,000 and paid off your debt. Yeah, he did. But you know, I still ain't working on the job that I want. My husband's still acting up. My kids. You see, what happens is, I'm, no, I'm serious. Touch your neighbor and say, neighbor, are you negative? Now, now go to Philippians chapter 4. Go to Philippians 4 quickly. Philippians chapter 4. Go to Philippians chapter 4. Because how we think determines what we believe. How we think determines what we believe. And then how we think also determines how we feel. Philippians chapter 4, look in verse 8. Are you there? Say, I'm there. He says, finally, brethren, whatever things are true and whatever things are honest and whatever things are just and whatever things are pure. Whatever things are lovely and whatever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, he says, think about that. God is telling us what to think about. Now, if we were to reverse that scripture, this is pretty much what it would say. It says, finally, brethren, whatever things are false, whatever things are dishonest, whatever things ain't right. Whatever things are, are uh, negative, whatever things are, are hateful and, and things that have happened, whatever things are bad report, whatever, if there is any virtue and if there be any praise, we don't supposed to think on that. But that's what we do. And so that's why I have given each one of you a rubber band this morning. Did you get a rubber band? Because the rubber band is designed for us to start monitoring our thinking. You know, I want to do a, a real quick example as he's going into that example because it's going to show you. If Pastor Che would come, let me see. Oh, this is like a magic show. Come on up here, Pastor Che. Everyone, please welcome with me our assistant. All right. Pastor Che, if you would put your hand out. No, we're not blessing the people. You're just going to put it, put it up. And I'm going to press on your hand and you're going to resist it. Okay? As much as you can. But don't fly me all the way up there. But you know. So what I want you to do is close your eyes. And I want you to think of the very worst thing that ever happened to you. Do both hands. Do both hands. Let's go over here and do both. Okay. Okay, babe. You come and do it from behind then. Because they can't see. Oh. So think think of the thing that's the worst thing that ever happened to you that made you feel the worst. You know. Resist. All right. Okay. You see that? All right. Now I want you to change your thinking and I want you to think of the thing that's most, that I mean, made you feel so good. You're so, you feel triumphant. It was a very high point in your life. It was something that man made you just feel like, Ooh, you're just all man and everything else. I mean, what, give me, think of something that's just really made you feel successful and accomplishment and achievement, something great that happened to you. You got it. 
See that? I couldn't push him down. Because negative energy, it just, what it does, it causes you to lose strength. Now, we didn't plan that. If you do that at home and you think of something negative, they're going to be able to push your arms down. Because negativity zaps you of strength. It weakens your immune system. It weakens your spiritual defense. And it terrorizes your emotions. And when you don't have enough strength to do that kind of thing, when you, then the enemy can come in and steal the word from you mm-hmm. because those kind of things are like tears and, you know, that come against the wheat. But what you need to do today is when pastors, he's going into his example now, but I wanted to show that to you that when you think on these things, yes. your joy is full. Yes. Mm-hmm. The Bible says that he told you these things are going to happen before. So your joy could be full. So you could think on the prize, the promise. So when you come to church, you don't want to leave worse. You know, sometimes you go to church and you hear so much bad stuff that you leave worse than when you came. A word of truth, we want when you leave church, you feel empowered, you feel strong, you feel full of faith, full of truth, full of vigor, that you're an overcomer, you're able, you can run through troops and leap over walls because that's what the word of God says. We should think on those things. So here's what you're going to do. Here's one of the things this week so you can monitor your thinking. Now think about an alarm system. They have a monitoring station. Now, what it's designed to do is if someone invades your home, it triggers an alarm. The alarm now triggers the monitoring system, and the company calls and says, okay, there's, there's an alert here. Someone has intruded. Well, I need you this week to begin to monitor your thinking. And, when, and here's how you can really measure your thinking is by listening to what comes out of your mouth. So this week, if something negative comes out of your mouth, you have to pull this rubber band and don't be doing this. No, no, no. No, not none of that. Not none of that. When it's, listen, because, see, when, when you've already said it, it's too late. It's out there. So what you, because I got, I got something else on how you're going to prevent the thoughts. But right now, when you say something negative, this is what you're going to do. You're going to pull it out here, and that's what you're going to do. Let's practice right now. Come on. All right, wait a minute. Don't do it till I tell you. Let go. Wait a minute. Pull it out there. Come on. Let me examine everybody. Oh, yeah. That's good. That's good. That's good. Oh, uh, you need to come out a little bit more. Okay. Yeah, there we go. Oh, ooh, girl, you're going to break your wrist. Okay. Let me see. All right. Okay. Uh, Adrian, come on now. You cheating. Uh, there we go. All right. On three. One, two, three. And you cheated. You put it on your sleeve. That was wrong. I saw you. Come on. You're going to have to pop by yourself. Come on. Come on. Let me see you do it. Come on now. You got to pop with it. There you go. Praise the Lord. Now, accountability is one of the greatest things to help us get to new levels. So if you are married, your spouse now has the right this week not to pop your rubber band, but to come to you and say, you just said something negative. You just said something negative, and you have to, at that point, pull it out and pop yourself. Are you all with me? Amen. Now, I have some more information, but I'm out of time. I'm going to give you five reasons real quick. I'm just going to throw those out there. Oh, man, this, was, this is really what I wanted to do. Okay, 
Five reasons why being positive will benefit you. Here's number one. Being positive will always cause positive words to leave your mouth. Therefore, you can expect good things to happen to you. I'm going to say that again. Being positive will always cause positive words to leave your mouth. Therefore, you can expect good things to happen to you. Mark chapter 11, verse 23. Jesus said, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe you receive them and you shall have them. He said, uh, uh, when you speak to the mountain and tell it to be removed and cast into the sea and shall not doubt in your heart, but shall believe that those things which you say shall come to pass, you shall have whatsoever you say it. So when you are positive, you're going to say positive things. And if you say positive things, you're going to have positive things. Right. Number two, being positive keeps me in agreement with how God operates. Therefore, keeping me in the position of overcoming and winning. Second Corinthians chapter two, verse 14. It says that God always causes me to triumph in Christ Jesus. In other words, regardless of where I am in life, God can cause me to win. And it says he always causes me to triumph. So one of the reasons you want to be positive is because being positive keeps you in agreement with how God operates. Romans chapter eight, verse 37. It also says we are more than a conqueror. So when you're facing a difficult situation, don't describe the situation. Oh, my goodness. Things are bad. I didn't know it was this bad. Baby, you ugly. I didn't know you were that ugly. No. No, you don't want to say that. You you don't want to say that. Number three. Number three. Being positive is a sign that I'm walking in faith. Because Hebrews 11.1, it says faith is the substance of things hoped for or expected of. And the evidence of things not seen. In other words, when you are positive, that is proof that you at least walk in by faith. Because it takes positivity for faith to work. Number four, being positive positions me to write my own resume for my future. Because Psalms 45.1 says that our tongue is the pen of a ready writer. In other words, your tongue writes the resume of your life. So you need to be positive because what you say is what you get. Your tongue is the pen of a ready writer. And then number five. Being positive will keep your body healthy and your emotions stable because Proverbs 17, 22 says a merry heart does good like medicine. In other words, when you are positive, you're going to feel good. You're going to laugh. You know, when you're in a, you know, when you're positive, you're in a good mood, you laugh, don't you? Well, when you laugh, the Bible says a merry heart does good like medicine. So now I'm going to challenge you this week. To think about what you're thinking about. Now, what do you do when you are, when you, uh, a negative thought comes across your path? What do you do? I've already told you what to do when you go on ahead and say it. You're going to do what? You're going to pop yourself. Well, what do you do when that negative thought comes into your mind? What you're going to do is you're going to capture that thought. And then, listen, uh, two thoughts can't stay in your mind at the same time. So what you're going to do, if a negative thought comes across your mind, you're going to now take God's word and you're going to say it out loud to replace it. Because no negative word or thought can stay in your mind when a positive thought comes across. So what you're going to say, let's say the thought comes and say, your wife don't love you. That's a lie. Because they wouldn't even be with you if they didn't love you. You say, well, I could be bad by myself. Don't, see, that, that, you got too much negative going on. Pop, 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 pop. 
What you gonna do? say? No, no, no. My husband or my wife loves me. Well, we'll say husband in this case. Loves me like Christ loves the church. See, you're calling those things that be not, even if he's not. You say, well, Pastor, he ain't loving me like Christ loved the church. But if you begin to confess it, you're going to have what you say. Did y'all get it? So this week, because we know we got to go to the cowboy game right about now. I ain't going to be standing around today shaking hands. I tell you. This I'm has under, got to be the most real I'm church everybody you know. Right now. Hey, hey, how you doing? Praise the Lord. No. Just uh, while Pastor's tying up, just to give you, um, you can stop the tape, but this is, um, Pastor's mom had had a stroke about maybe 10 years ago. Uh, this was really good.